Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For more recordings of our sermons, for a podcast, and to submit any questions or comments, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Cologne, one of the assistant pastors here at Grace Bible Church. I'm Chris Webster, assistant pastor of Symbols and Symbols. What? And symbols. Ah, <laughs> oh, symbols and symbols. I like Got it. it. Yeah, thanks. It's it's the uh, hominid. No, worship and communication. No. I I try to say it in not the same way every time. So, well, with us this week we have Chase Bowers. He's the lead preaching past lead teaching pastor yep. at Temple Bible Church. Uh, he's subbed in for Dave this week. He uh, came in off well, not off the sideline. He just came from another team. He's uh, filling in, subbing in, I guess. Yeah, good to be with y'all this week. We're glad to have you, Chase. Just finished preaching. We're actually recording on Sunday afternoon today. So usually record on Monday mornings, uh, hang out together in my little office and record. And today, since Chase is here, we decided to try and go for a uh, a right after church service. So we still have food in our teeth, uh, onions on our breath. Chase is running off a just a bag of chips right now, I think, right? I, know. I asked him what he wanted from McAllister's, and he said, just a sweet tea. So I got him a sweet tea <laughs> and a bag of chips. I nice. figured he had to do something. But uh, he's probably still coming down the, the post-sermon high. But <laughs> this week we took a little bit of a break since Dave's visiting. I don't even know where he's visiting. He's visiting family. Mem- yeah. Memphis or Oklahoma, mm-hmm. I guess. One of the two. Those are the options. Mm-hmm. But... He's out in, Chris says Memphis, so we'll hold you to that, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in Memphis visiting, I guess that would mean Kiki and Compton, hanging out with them. And uh, so Chase came in and he, we took a break from Joseph, uh, the Joseph series, to look back actually at the beginning of the series, right? So uh, I think I said in service that it was a flashback episode. I think in youth group I said it was the prequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> I like that. I like that tie-in. But uh, speaking of Dave, though, I was going to ask Chase. Oh, dang. I already let me get started. Oh, okay, okay. No, do no, it. no, no. Do I was it. just going to say we were in Genesis chapter 15 yeah. and talking about Abraham. But <laughs> you go ahead. Chris has questions for Chase. We're going to do a get to know you, Chase, before we actually do the the, yeah. the the recap. How about that? Okay. We're like right now? Yeah. Okay. This is good. Yeah. Well, I was asking if you had Dave stories. I think you said you didn't have any like really terrible Dave stories to tell, but. No, I remember oh, I was part of the body when I came on at TBC. Dave had been on staff, and then y'all had planted grace and just asked him some questions about being on staff at TBC. He was really honest, and I found everything uh, that he said to be right. And I, w- I would say no bad stories about Dave. I just think that both Dave and I are uh, each the least talented person in our family. <laughs> it's definitely true for Dave, uh, although he can whistle really well. So, But... I actually, I don't know Chase very well. You might know Chase a little better than I do, but um, what I mostly know from Chase is from uh, Googling him, and there's actually not a lot mm. on Google about you, Chase. I don't know if that's a good thing so or a he, bad thing. He's a security but, expert is what you're mm, saying. Yeah. yeah, try to try to keep that uh, hidden a little bit as a former missions pastor. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's what it is. The missions pastor has to hide. I was, I was a little confused because, you know, on our website, Chris has little bios for each of us and stuff. It's like, man, there's no bio on the website. All right, okay, I'll find an article of something he wrote. I found a Gospel Coalition article, but it was from like 2016. And the little bio in there, I was like, okay, that's decent. Found a, bo- a blog post. You were uh, you did a question and answer for a blog post. That was also 
very dated though so yeah. when you got here this morning i was like okay can i double check my facts i have with you because i want to make sure when i get up there i don't say you have three kids and now you have five or yeah. well you have five kids but three boys and five whatever but so tell us yeah, yeah. tell yeah, us about so yourself. my wife is laura we've been married for 20 years this past august 20 Ooh. years um and we uh, like to say uh, 19 years of wedded bliss, 20 if you count the first one. And, uh, <laughs> and we got five kids. We got a, a daughter that's a sophomore at the University of Arkansas studying Middle Eastern studies in Arabic, uh, hoping to Whoa. maybe spend a, a significant amount of time in the Middle East eventually. And then we got four sons, mm-hmm. uh, 15, uh, 9, 5, and 4. Our youngest three are adopted, and we're just grateful for all of them. Uh, been at, at part of the body at TBC since 2002, and I've been on staff for 11 years. Mm-hmm. And most of those years, you were the global outreach or the missions pastor. Yeah. And then now recently, since about January or so, you're now the lead teaching pastor. Yeah, earlier this year, yeah. Okay. Awesome. awesome. World Series, did you watch it? I did. Grew up watching the Astros, loving the Astros. I've been to the longest Astros game ever. I was there live until 3 a.m. Oh, wow. So it was really cool. pulling hard for uh, our guys, and it did not end well, as you know. So it, now we really know how you lost your voice. You told us a <laughs> yeah, story, but yeah. I know. <laughs> it, That's right. it was such a good series. Usually yeah. I save uh, the Astros stories for Can't Let It Go, but it was a very, very good series. Yeah. Super great until in the last several innings it was just like, okay we're here we've arrived and and this is where we're at so it was a great series though probably one of one of the best series i've ever seen for sure anything else about you chase that we should know Mm. the listeners are dying to hear no all right Uh, that's about it (laughs) like he said he's the least talented in his family you know pretty talented at at teaching and preaching though we were we were super glad to have you with us this week bringing the word it was an awesome time uh i thought it was Actually, really, Dave, if you're listening, uh, I'm sorry already, but I just thought it was refreshing to have, you know, somebody else and an outsider and kind of didn't necessarily follow the three point outline. Um, and I just I thought, man, this is really refreshing to see that, you know, there's, um, I guess, different people doing it different ways and bringing about, you know, glory to God and similar results. And mm-hmm. I just really. I don't know. It felt very refreshing today to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if that's <laughs> good or bad. I guess it's we not. We laughed. Either, we cried. Good work. Laughed and cried. I, I don't I know almost, if I cried. People I, laughed for sure. I felt but feelings. We were moved <laughs> felt, to emotions. We moved to emotions. <laughs> so if you Joseph Lyon, Joseph Lyon, he was moved to emotion. Mm-hmm. Something. I don't have emotions quite like everyone else does. I guess <laughs> yeah. Chris and Dave. So when we were discussing, you know, Joseph. We just got past a couple of weeks ago the part where Joseph is reunited with his family and they're in Egypt and he's yeah. kind of not told them yet and he has to leave the room and he's moved to emotion and then just this past week was you know him and the reveal and the emotion there and the weeping and so I said something like you know Joseph was moved to emotion and they both laughed like brought what? to that's what he was brought, brought to emotion, emotion. Yeah. brought him to emotion <laughs> like wow that's like the manliest way you could talk about feelings <laughs> sure, it's right. like oh thanks. I only have one feeling, and it doesn't get hurt often. Mm. <laughs> yes, I love it. You have more feelings than Chris's hairs on his head, though. Mm. So, <laughs> although Chris can grow a mean beard if he wants to, but it's true. He hasn't had enough. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap us back in and bring us back <laughs> back to our starting point. But we're in Genesis chapter 15, so we took a break from Joseph and we looked back. Uh, I guess at the initial 
initial at the initial uh, promise that God gives to to Abram at this point, who'd later become Abraham. So the in, initial covenant that he makes with them, initial promise. So Genesis chapter fifteen, and we even get a, a little sneak peek at you're going to be wanderers in Egypt this week. But um, I. Like I said, you didn't really do three main points, so uh, we might be a little bit more all over the place than we usually are, because I usually try and use that as our model for for in here. But you began by talking about um, God saying three things, and that being um, fear not, that God's I am your sh- God says I am your shield, uh, I am your very great reward. Uh, and before we started recording, we were just talking about. Um, Kind of people having the wrong gospel sometimes, and mm-hmm. and you related it some to health and wealth gospel today, I guess, uh, and that a lot of times people use use this passage that I'll be your great reward um, for their kind of their philosophy or their theology for a health and wealth gospel. Um, I don't know if I really have a question, but have you? S- I don't know. I don't I, know that I, I have, have a question, well, but I kind of. I don't know if you had random thoughts about it. Period. But I do have a question too. Yeah. Just yeah. Go ahead. Well, I guess I was interested in your work as as the missions pastor, um, how you saw that kind of that back and forth between true gospel and health and wealth gospel around the world. Any anything you saw about that or Yeah, absolutely. Uh, two of our most significant partnerships are in Rwanda and Ukraine, and if I asked those pastors from Ukraine or Rwanda, what are the things that the church in your nation struggles with? They will quickly say, if not the first things, one of the big things is the prosperity gospel, that it's just a problem, that it, sure. um, it harms their people, it gives them false hope. And really, I think it's not that we don't want to look for reward, but that we want to look at the right rewards. So mm-hmm. like in, in Hebrews, um, in Hebrews it speaks about Moses, and it says when he grew up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, choosing rather to suffer ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a moment, for he was looking to his reward. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the the reward was being part of this people of God and knowing God. And so I think it's not that we tell our people don't be motivated by reward, but but let knowing and making much of Jesus be the reward because mm-hmm. that's what gives us the greatest amount of lasting joy. Mm-hmm. Well, and we see historically in Scripture and and historically in our lives, even the people around us, that, like you said many times, faithfulness does not equal health and wealth. So, no. so that's that's not what the reward is. Yeah, the reward is being part of the family, and you talked about the eternal reward. Yeah, I have a friend from Ukraine, um, a really old guy named Ivan Prokopchuk, and Ivan Prokopchuk was in a gulag for seven years, and he tells the story about um, his first three weeks. He was in a cell with 40 guys, and they would literally, a 10 by 10 cell, they would face one way one night, and they would sit on one another's knees as they squatted to sleep through the night, turn the other way the next night. And he said, after three weeks, I got in a cell with just a few other men and got to lay on a wooden floor, and it just felt so good. Mm -hmm. Um, but, But in seven years, he never denied his faith in Christ. Now his son is a, a seminary president. His granddaughter teaches at that seminary. But it didn't always mean health and wealth for him, but but Christ was enough. You know, Paul is a huge example from Scripture, too. Like, things didn't go great and all right for him, right? We, Yeah, it's just, I just have such a hard time that people 
can read scripture and and see that and see oh but this is health and wealth it's like man that's mm. but it, it's everywhere same way when we go to guatemala mm-hmm. you know we've been going to guatemala for years and it's the same way that you know there's tons of evangelical churches you know in air quotes that they preach health and wealth but then we go to these there's a couple churches that are actually teaching the bible and and it's hard because people around in the cities like equate them to be the same they don't see that there's a difference so we'll go out, you know, bring the gospel to kids, bring the gospel to families, and they're like, "Oh yeah, well, I I go to that church over there." And we're like, "Yes, but no, mm. you know." Yeah, I, I think it it fails in a couple of ways globally. It it fails in that it gives a false promise to impoverished people, and and so wolves in sheep's clothing harm them spiritually and physically, so that they will give to a church when they can't feed their families. But then also. There's a segment of the unreached that it really offers nothing. So if you go to the United Arab Emirates, there's a great wealth there. So the promise of Jesus giving health and wealth, the people there would go, well, why do I need Jesus? We have something called oil that gives us health and wealth. Yeah. When, when really they have oil, but they have this gaping hole in their heart that Jesus came to fill and a, a sin problem that Jesus came to cleanse. And the prosperity gospel doesn't uh, make Jesus the object of faith, so it harms both the poor and the wealthy. Mm. That's so good. So you say, you say with so I loved just you talking about I am a very great reward. So God is Himself is the reward. Um, one thing I'm aware of, I was, was going to ask you. So um, in my own walk, and then in in the walks of the friends around me, there is this strange um, almost two different categories of reward you know you've got these earthly things that are very tangible so maybe not reward but just experiences right you have very tangible physical things that we can be tempted by and then the gospel holds up the person of god the person of christ as as this better reward um but i'm always kind of pretty aware that the experience of those two things is so drastically different um, and so I do like to ask uh, people, other believers, what what does that actual reward of the presence of God, what does that look like in your life, and how, how do you describe that? Does that make sense? Yeah, certainly. And I think, I think both, I mean, every good and perfect gift comes from God. So when I look at my wife and my daughter and I see mm. uh, my wife um, – helping my daughter to navigate what it looks like to become a young woman in Christ. And I see the beauty encapsulated in that. There's a great reward. I love that. Um, Then I think about our church just walked through um, losing our, who's been our senior pastor, Gary DeSalvo, very loved guy, great Bible teacher. He was there for 38 years. And so there's the tragedy for our church. And then this personal tragedy of losing this friend and mentor that I love, but in the midst of that, um, God is with us. He has upheld us with His righteous right hand. He's not left us. And one of our pastors said at Gary's graveside service that leadership is preparing for your absence. And so we've seen the hand of God and how Gary prepared us and others for His absence And knowing the Lord is with us in this um, gives great comfort to our hearts, hearing the word and reminding ourselves of the gospel, that our hope is ultimately in resurrection, to be with the Lord forever. Um, I think those are some of the rewards of knowing Him. Mm. 
That's so good. That yeah. helped me. So rich. Help me re- re- redirect me too, because I can tend to think in very abstract ways of just this kind of spiritual idea of of God's presence, and and that was great to connect it to. He really does tangibly send people and and circumstances, and that's just we trace the 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 ray of light to the sun to the source, right? And, yes, yeah. it can't just be. I mean, if I want to feel good, I'll watch. Texas beat Georgia last year in the Sugar Bowl again, and I'll feel <laughs> Just watch really it over good, and over. <laughs> right? But but this is something much deeper and richer that has little to do with good circumstance, though sometimes it does involve those circumstances that are good. It it reminds me coming up on Christmas, you know, Emmanuel, God with us. Like that's part of the reward is that we get to be with God. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, to jump back to the cultures and stuff, I grabbed a book off my shelf that I want to recommend is the 3D Gospel. Ministry and Guilt, Shame, and Fear Cultures by Jason Georges, and it talks a lot about uh, context, you know, and so like you said, Saudi Arabia might not have, or Arab Emirates might not have the same, you know, health and wealth need, but it speaks to their need to, you know, cover their shame, maybe, and, and those type of, I don't know, it's guilt, shame, and fear cultures, which kind of cover the three different types of cultures, and so we, uh, when we were heading to Jordan, just uh I guess half a year ago. I don't know. When did we go in April or May? But we read that as a team to kind of prepare for like, okay, we have different culture contexts and that actually affects the way that we read and hear the gospel. And it was really interesting to, you know, he points out different verses and you're like, well, you, you know, American from the Bible belt probably heard this, this way. Uh, You heard, you know, your guilt and your punishment is taken away but somebody in another culture reads this and hears, oh, I don't have to have shame anymore. I don't have to hide anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I thought that was really related, so I want yeah, to recommend it. Yeah, really that. good book. I, I would agree. Our global outreach pastor is taking uh, college students interested in long-term work through that book now, and they've really enjoyed their journey through it. Mm-hmm. And so, so to come full circle, too, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about the specific flavor of what Abraham, Abram at the time was hearing when God says, fear not, I am your shield, I am your very great reward, you said God often works out of barrenness, and I think that's kind of maybe hinting towards that cultural, if you don't have descendants, you don't have anything kind of thing. I mean, is there any more of that flavor from your studies mm-hmm. of what what Abraham's culture valued? And Does that make sense? Yeah. There, I mean, when you go back to Genesis 11 at the end, when there's this genealogy of, of Abraham's family, and it says, and Abram... And his wife, Sarah, and she was barren. She had no child. And I think barrenness is the context in which God works, that we're dead in sin and we're made alive in Christ, that Sarah was barren. She was too old to have a child. And God makes this promise. And and Abram and Sarah continuously show their unbelief. But, but God... Um, continues with them and they continue walking on this journey and when uh when they decide to use hagar their servant um to bring about an heir there are all these ways that they show their disbelief or where sarah sarah laughs in genesis 18 and and the um the angel says um says you laughed and she's kind of oh no i didn't you know mm-hmm. you actually <laughs> did and so here's what the baby's going to be named because of that uh-huh. um but even in the barrenness of of a womb and the barrenness of their faith god still works mm-hmm. and he, he does so with us as well 
Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, super tied into your sermon, too, of, you know, God, and this is jumping ahead too much, but I guess you heard the sermon already, hopefully, dear listener, um, <laughs> is God, you know, walking through the covenant and, and taking the covenant on himself, you know, and mm-hmm. saying it's not not about you and where you're going to mess up, Abram. It's about me and my promise and my covenant. Yeah. But I guess we can move to covenant. I have other things we could jump back and forth to. Um, I, I was hoping that you could help us, any of us really, can help uh, middle school boys today asked, well, what's the difference between a promise and a covenant? Mm. And one of them responded, I th- I th- he responded rightly that, well, they're the same because God always keeps his promises. God mm. keeps his covenant. It's like, that is absolutely true, but we do kind of have a difference between a promise and a covenant, at least in an earthly or in a humanly way, I guess. Like, the covenant holds more weight, right? Yeah. Um, and, and maybe someone can talk to why that is, why a covenant's different than just like a, I'll do this or I'll do that. Sure. I, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, I can, I'm in covenant with my wife, right? And I can promise one of the guys I work with to um, bring soccer shoes he can borrow. Yeah. And, and if I don't keep my promise to him, that's a bad thing. You know, it's not a good thing, but that's different than, say, breaking the covenant of marriage. And a covenant, you're really committing your life if you break it. And not every promise is a, a commit for you to give your life away if you break it. But that tended to be what a, a covenant was. This is a promise that I'm willing to give my life for. Yeah, that's really good. You brought up marriage, and I, I was talking to Steve Guess, our, our chair of the deacons, and he, he said, I, I don't know, I haven't studied this, but he said they actually in that culture would, would do this kind of animal sacrifice covenant at a marriage ceremony. I don't know if you know have studied that or not, but yeah, I don't know either. But that was a that was we were just talking about. Well, man, that was so much ser- more serious, and how we don't sadly don't take the marriage covenant as seriously as yeah. we should. Um, but that that really branched out to just in general. I feel like we don't hold even promises as as um highly as we should in character and I, I i was thinking i don't know if you guys have have anything to add to this but it was interesting to me to tie the two our, our understanding of wealth and understanding of character um together and kind of unpack those and say well wait a second like if you don't have anything else possessions wise um all you're left with is your own character, right? And the character of the people around you to trust, to rely on, right? Your mm-hmm. your friends and your family, right? We've seen breakdown of family in our culture and um, there's that tied in. But we, we've, we're we kind of insulated now by our wealth in America, right? I, I feel that we're, we're, we don't feel like um, maybe that our character matters as much and our promises matter as much because, man, if I break that promise to you, well, you you've got insurance, right? Or you've sure, you've got yeah. um, recourse, and I don't really need to, to rely on the character of my family to help me because okay, I've I've got a you know nest egg or whatever that is. And I was just very struck by that when when um, Abram and God are making this covenant, how much character more character meant at that time, and then how even more weighty the character of God and the mm. the necessity of that was. So that whenever whenever Abraham Abram finally says, I should have prefaced this whole episode with, I'm going to say Abraham. I yeah. promise I'm going to mess <laughs> it up over and over. I'm going to say Abraham. But whenever Abram finally does trust God, 
you said that God shows him, you know, well, remember, this is my power, and remember, um, this is why you can trust me, I think. You said, this is my power, and this is why I'm trustworthy. And I think that's super related, and, and it's like a, a big deal to say, like, look at Abram, this is what I've done before. This is why you can trust me. Yeah, for sure, and I think it's both. I, th- I think character, absolutely, that God is unimpeachable in purity. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with him at all. He's absolutely perfect. But then also, um, he is infinitely powerful, that he doesn't just have the character to keep the promise. He has the power to keep the promise. Because if you know, if I promise to give you 10 bucks, I can pull that off. But if I promise to give you 10 million, don't believe me. I just don't have the, don't power, have the power to give to that to you. Yeah. <laughs> but God, um, he never grows weary. He's got the power to match the character. Mm-hmm. We sing a song, Your Love is Strong. Mm. And I think I think it was from a verse in Isaiah that, that has those two themes right away, yeah. right? That says, two things the Lord has shown me, that he is loving and that he's strong. And that's been really powerful to me, for sure. Mm. I want to uh, use Chris's beautiful word. This is my, my one use of, of beautiful for today. But I thought it was really beautiful you said, talking about Abraham's disbelief before you got to his belief, which came shortly after in this chapter. But... Um, you said, Abraham says to God, it's too late, right? I'm too old. I can't do it. And then you said, but God says, um, I'm not just going to give you sons, like gaze up at the night sky is what the passage says. Your offspring are going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, man, Abraham says to God, it's too late. But God says, I'm not going to just give you sons. I'm going to give you nations. Like, mm-hmm. ugh, I don't know. It's just so beautiful. And you have the picture of the night sky and... You know, cue stars at night are big and bright and deep in the heart of Texas. But, mm-hmm. man, imagine God taking Abram out and saying, no, you, you think it's too late? I got this. Look at the stars in the sky. That's some good homework for our listeners. Where you can say? No, go uh, ahead. I, I, my wife and I have an ongoing joke about that. So if, you, if you're looking at the sky and at the stars in the middle of Temple, Texas, or Colleen, Texas, God's, God was saying more than two descendants. You know, <laughs> yeah. we look up the, we'll look at the stars right. and be like, yep, all two of them up there. <laughs> go up, you know, go out into the country, <laughs> get right. somewhere alone, see what we're talking yeah. about, grab you a, a telescope. The or sand on the seashore, right? Yes. Right. Just yes. this massive number mm-hmm. and massive number of descendants. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. I love it. So Abraham believes God, he trusts God, it's counted as righteousness um, because of faith. He says, not through works of the flesh, not through anything he did, that God's um, doing the work. And then, like we talked about already, God, or Abraham, as soon as Abraham believes, God reminds him of who he is. Um, and you talked about Abraham having a belief, but still having this desire to know. Mm. I was wondering if you want to speak a little to that of, you know, it's clear from this text that God explains a lot to him, and he's kind of like, but how are you going to do it? Um, maybe even later on in Abram, then Abraham's life, and sacrificing Isaac, like this desire to know that itch had to have been so strong. I was wondering if you want to speak at all to that. Yeah, I think we, I mean, in our culture, we live in a culture of precision, and we idolize knowledge, and, and certainly we want to know as much as we can, but we don't enter into things without knowing how they're going to end, Mm. We're not great at risk, and because God knows, we really can be great at risk. But I think mm. the the ultimate picture in the life of Abraham is believing before you know as it relates to taking Isaac. Because 
Abraham could have called God provider well before Mount Moriah, right? Hmm. He had seen God provide when he left Egypt. It says he left with many, uh, with much wealth and many livestock. So he had seen God provide there. Mm-hmm. Um, he had seen God provide in many ways, but only in believing and walking up that mountain was he able to know God as the provider of one for my son's life. Yeah, God Only will provide. in that moment. Yeah. And so then he calls him Jehovah Jireh. He's called him El Shaddai before. Hagar sees him as the God who sees, but only in that moment when he chooses to believe and walks in obedience does he see God provide in a way he could have never imagined. Mm. And the scripture tells us that he believed that God was able to raise the dead. So there's that connection between risk and seeing the deepest goodness of God, kind of. Yeah, we had someone who taught recently at our church, a guest speaker speaking on missions, and he was talking about parents when their uh, adult children or young adult children say they want to go to reach the least reached, and and they have all these questions. Were you called to that? Do you know what's it going to be like? Is it safe? Have you talked to your father? Have you talked to your brother? Don't influence your Is brother. Is it safe? Are what you a good sure? Question. <laughs> right. All these different questions. And these are answers that we don't know, but we're called to believe and and we're called to make disciples of the nations. And God's trustworthy. Mm. He's he's trustworthy. He's loving, and he's powerful. That's I think just ringing over and over in my head after our sermon today is um, that that call. God can he Abraham, Abraham can trust God because God's going to do what He says. He's going to do, he's strong, and he's loving. I think that's how he said it in the sermon. I was trying to take good, accurate quotes, because I usually quote Dave, but that's because I've listened to the sermon like four times by the time we're doing it. So if I don't quote you properly, uh, sorry. Sorry, Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, you talked some about covenant. Um, you said covenants often include exchange of cloak, weapons, names, blood, blessings, curses, memorial gifts, bread, and wine, and... Uh, and then talked about bread and wine and that covenant connection. And I thought you did such a, a good, strong job of connecting this this initial, what we often call the old covenant, uh, with the new covenant of Christ's blood. And uh, you made it off, awfully easy to walk up and do communion afterwards because you, you already connected all the dots. I just had to be like, all right, so let's do it. Come on, guys. Um, but yeah, I thought, man, how often do we look at the old covenant and separate it from the new covenant and not see like, no, you know, the, we didn't even talk about this yet. I get bus, I guess, but the, you know, the flame and the smoking pot go through, you know, God goes through and says, you know, I'll take whatever on my behalf. And then you connected it so strong with, and then Jesus came and he took it on his behalf, you know, like he took the other part of the, the covenant. I was just, like, man, how often do we not, and we've been talking about this the whole time we've been in the Old Testament, is the uh, show them Jesus book and, yeah. and looking at Old Testament and seeing, like, yes, it's all one story and it all points to Jesus. And I just thought, absolutely. I just thought, man, this week you made it so easy to do communion. <laughs> you made all the connections for me and I didn't even have to worry about talking about the covenant. It was so good. Yeah, you, there were so good, so many good things. Uh, I, I mean, I think you kind of, Jerry kind of already answered it, but I, I did just want to ask, so we as as modern day believers, you know, what what are the kind of things we should feel 
when we read the stories of covenant and you know what how should that really impact us today yeah i think these old testament stories are all pointing to christ and understanding that the god who made the heavens has married himself to us Mm. and and this is one of the passages that points Abraham believed God. It was credited to him as righteousness. We're sons of Abraham through faith in Christ Jesus. In the Exodus, the children of Israel are called a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Well, we're told in 1 Peter chapter 2 that we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen people, that we might declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. They're called out of 400 years of darkness and slavery in Egypt to the light of the promised land. We're called out of the darkness of slavery to our own sin into the light of the kingdom of the Son that he loves. So God has married himself to us through Jesus, and it's just the most amazing thing to think about the life that we've been given as part of the people of God. I feel like a broken record, but and that promise is our promise. Like, <laughs> yes. we, yeah. we, we always forget that and just keep, I don't know, I feel like we're always missing it and to look at it and go, no, the promise he's given to Abram, it's passed down to yeah. us through Christ. Like, Amen. Well, and I think I, it's very helpful to me, even when you use that word married to us. Um, I, I've been reading a book, The Cure. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, but it's been really helpful to me because even as a, a person who grew up in the church, I'm, you know, different personalities and different different things that you pick up on, and I mostly will pick up on the righteousness of God and the love of God is harder for me to to feel. Um, but that word married, right? Like to know that God has this just overwhelming, undeniable love for us, and that has just really been stirring around in my brain of the difference between the two of. Uh, um, really affects our evangelism right yeah the difference between hey come and work hard first you know as as the impetus <laughs> versus what is actually true is there is a god who loves you and this passion with this passionate love that overcame all obstacles he you were asleep when the covenant was made yeah, <laughs> right? I, I, I put you to sleep and, and you weren't yeah, even awake i mean this is just flabbergasting this is like why our eyes should be huge when we think of this and and it really is true as the starting point of god's rescuing love and we know that we we work out of that. Like he saves us and he calls us, you know, he calls us to good works, but that's not what rescues us. That's not what saves us. So I think that marriage word was really helpful to me. So I got another maybe quote, a paraphrase. I don't know. What's the right word for if you're probably quoting them, but maybe off a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Spitballing. You, you're talking about covenant again. We've said it a bunch of times, but normally in a covenant, both parties go through saying, may it happen to me what's happened to the animals if I don't keep my part of the covenant. And you go on to say, but God's saying, may it happen to me. And you say, you said God places his name on the line for his covenant, mm. and he keeps it in Jesus. And mm. I think, yeah, that was that connection I was talking about earlier. But, man, it was just such a, such a strong gospel-centered connection, and I just really appreciated how clear uh, you, you made that connection for us because – you know, we can we can say all day long, like, and this is the covenant that God made, and God's saying, let me keep it. But unless we pause and go, oh, yeah, and duh, like, that's the connection. He did keep that. He did yeah. walk through that. He did He did say, make that happen to me. Indeed. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It's like, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know why, but today it just hit me again that we just constantly can read Old Testament and just be like, "Yep, yep, that happened. Huh? Good story. Whatever. Blah blah." But mm-hmm. no, and it happened, and yeah. it came. Mm-hmm. It came to fruition. He kept his promises. There's this continuous future grace we keep looking to. The next later on, you talked about the. Uh, so we see the fulfillment in Jesus. Well, before that, we see the Israelites going into the land, but the land is not the ultimate land, right? Yeah. Um, and I, so then you, you talked a little bit about how we don't live in the permanent city. We're looking toward heaven and this future city. Um, and, and you tied that in really well with how that should affect us. And um, can you just unpack a little bit more of that? What, how do you see people who see their first citizenship as being heaven how do how do they act differently or what does that look like yeah i think that um that we're called to be good citizens wherever we live i think that's true for believers in america i think that's true for believers in iran i think that's true for believers in ukraine it's true for believers in rwanda and at the same time our chief allegiance is to god and his people to his kingdom not that we would ever want to be bad citizens. We, we want to be a blessing to the place where we are. At the same time, our hope is not in how well the place we live is doing. I think about Pavel Marchuk, one of our pastors in Ukraine that we're privileged to partner with. And, and so he wanted to be a good citizen when Russia was occupying Ukraine. Mm. He wants to be a good citizen now that Ukraine is – received independence from Russia or uh, gained freedom from Russia. But at the same time, his hope, whether Ukraine is in power or whether Russia is in power, his hope is in Jesus. Mm. And I think in a, in a nation where freedom has reigned for so long, it's probably easier to forget that our chief citizenship and our chief allegiance is to a king and a kingdom. So good. We, we were talking about that last week, I think, on the podcast, mm-hmm. that yeah, we have responsibilities, and yeah, we're called to sure. to obey the governing authorities um, so much as we can, as it pleases God. But absolutely, pray not for where them. our allegiance yeah. is. Yeah, no. our allegiance lies in a, in a different home, right? So it's, many, so many hymns spinning yeah. up here, and even some of those words become throwaway terms a little bit. You know, even allegiance like is is a distant term sometimes, but even just our emotions, right? The rising and falling of our hope and like yes. just how how devastated we can be after an election that didn't go the way we wanted. Or and, even a news cycle, you know. You know? Tuesday or, was or, a rough news cycle, yeah. so we just, yeah. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Well, I was going to ask, I don't know if this is the right time. What Did you have more to go? I was going to no, ask good. him go about. Go for it. So We've entered random time. Good, good nerd question. So I was helping you with the slides. You had me take out a slide, and yeah. uh, I always like to ask Dave. Yeah, you can't take out a slide without getting it mentioned in the podcast. That's right. So. We got you still, but uh, sure. I like to ask Dave. You know, just the things he studied that he didn't have time for, or you know, just what what was that slide? We yeah, were taking out? so it was a slide of an Egyptian ruler's headdress. If you just Google Pharaoh headdress, something like this is going to pop up, and. And I think there's connection in this passage, as there is in Genesis 12, as there is in Exodus 1, later in Exodus. So the headdress of the Pharaoh, um, it looks kind of like a cobra. It just looks, it's like a fanned out head of a snake. And then right in the center, on the top of it, is a cobra. And then to the side, there's a bird of prey. And so it says in this passage that when the birds of prey came down to the carcasses, like to affect the covenant, to affect the purity of the animals in the covenant, mm-hmm. Abraham shoes them away. 
And so for us, I mean, my, no big deal. But but really, throughout this story, so in Genesis 3, this story being the Bible, right? In Genesis 3, the serpent is going to crush the heel or strike the heel of the woman's offspring. And that woman's offspring is going to crush the serpent's head. So the serpent king, Satan, is against the offspring of the woman. Hmm. Genesis 12, Abram and Sarah go to Egypt. She ends up, because Abram lies, in the harem of the Pharaoh of the day. Mm -hmm. Well, if she becomes his wife and Abram is cast away, then the promise is cut off. The child of promise is crushed. But God's not going to let that happen. He's going to keep his promise. Mm -hmm. And uh, in Exodus 1, it says that though they'd been in slavery for 400 years, Exodus 1, 7 says that the people were being fruitful and had multiplied greatly, <laughs> which is the mandate of Genesis yep. 1, be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. So what does Pharaoh do? He tries to kill all the firstborn sons, but God brings a deliverer through a firstborn son, Moses. All of these things pointing toward Jesus, who's going to come and strike the head of the ultimate serpent king, Satan, and his head will be crushed. Well, I think the birds of prey is just another allusion to the the ruler of Egypt, because right after that, the the Abrams told your children or your descendants are going to go into Egypt. They'll be there as sojourners. They'll be enslaved. They'll suffer affliction. But then I'm going to bring them out. Mm -hmm. And that... It's just this reminder that in all the ways and all the empires of the world try to come against the kingdom of God, that that through Jesus and his resurrection, the kingdom of God is an everlasting kingdom. God's plans aren't going to be thwarted. His purposes won't be stopped, and his promises will always stand. But to to explain that not in the middle of a series, because at our church we, we talked about this in a series um, where we had talked about the Serpent King quite a bit, and I didn't know if y'all had, so that did yeah, I seem mean, a it little was, bit geeky for maybe the person in the pew. Dude, it would have tied in perfectly. It would have been great. Um, you know, we, we did talk about the Cobra Head a few weeks ago when we are talking about Pharaoh and, and then again about Joseph and him possibly donning, you know, Egyptian... Um, gear while he's there and stuff but uh, our our series that we've been going through is God's purposes in a dysfunctional world which mm. I mean you almost said that mm-hmm. verbatim right now wow. you almost quoted that so yeah. yeah that's our series on Joseph is God's purposes in a dysfunctional world wow. um, through the story of Joseph and and uh, I mean this it's it's part of the same story you know Abraham Isaac Jacob Joseph you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's that same promise and God bringing him out of it it's so good yeah. I think Dave was right. It was perfect, perfect timing t- in this point of the story. You know, we've just gotten to the point where Joseph sent for Jacob to come back. You know, and so now let's pause and look back to what God had said to Abram. All right. Well, this part of the of the podcast is the uh, most fun part, I think, <laughs> or the least serious. I don't know which is the right word, but we do uh, from another podcast I listen to. It's called "Can't Let It Go." So something sermon related or otherwise so anything it's a free-for-all that you can't let go something you've been thinking about it's been stuck in your head or you've been reading about you got any can't let it goes this week chris man i'm trying to think my after sunday service brain kind of slows down i know i feel like i know i should have prefaced this whole podcast more than i did but remember y'all we're recording this uh it's now 120 on sunday afternoon so we've been here all day 
did did a couple services. At least we don't have a night service now. But yeah. um, I have a Can't Let It Go, and it's related to Chris. So you all want to hear Ooh. Chris blush? Um, <laughs> I'll lean into the mic. I'm scared, <laughs> So they though. can hear you blush. No, I just... Uh, this Sunday really appreciated your song choice and I mean you do it all the time you do a great job of, of selecting and leading the team but I just felt like this week song choice and maybe it was because I had already you know listened to to the sermon a couple times from from a recording and but I don't know I just felt like song choice this week every song I was like yep God fulfills his promises yes amen he does and and yep we mess up and we're but we can still trust him and we can still adore him and he mm. keeps his promise I don't know mm. just felt like song choice this week I'll have to maybe post all of all of the songs or or something on the show notes but cool that was Thanks, that man. was mine I was gonna talk about the World Series mm. but whatever <laughs> and then uh, I was gonna talk about Kanye but we already did both mm. those and I can't let it go already yeah. so. But we did talk about them before we started recording, and uh, he got my juices flowing for Can't Let It Go, and then I think it threw off my uh, my sermon one a little bit. But you got anything you can't let go, cool. something you've been thinking about a lot, Chris? Yeah, I just I I don't even have a really great articulate way to say it, but just that, that, that book, The Cure, it's kind of like, um, yeah, it's the center of everything. And just, if I'm already loved in Christ, what just the drastic effect that has, and just how much more motivated to to call others into that love you know uh yeah i'm just still soaking in it again i don't really have an articulate and it's a thing you know in your head but it's you know really soaking in is is harder to do and really knowing how that affects your whole life is is pretty huge but um I was just mm-hmm. thankful this morning driving in for the extra hour of sleep. I got to see the the sun rising as I'm driving to work and just thinking about the love of God and, uh, yeah, sustaining me. It's good. At least you got to see the sun rising and you don't drive to the east. You Did drive west. Set? No, you said rising, okay, but I okay. just mean it could have been miserable if the whole drive you're like, I can't see anything, squinty eyes, <laughs> but you got to see the beautifulness of it. So go. that's great. Yeah. Chase, you want to join in? You have anything you can't let go of been stuck on your brain? Yeah, really. Uh, something related to the sunrise, and then something related to the sermon. <laughs> so, uh, I, fall back is usually great unless you have young have kids, children. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, no, I'll just get. They'll just wake up at four thirty instead of five thirty. <laughs> but they didn't. They slept. They adjusted. This is the first year, and yes. I don't know how many. And I, and I woke up surprised at what time it was. Pleasantly surprised. That's awesome. At what time it was? That was great. That, I guess the, the sermon, one thing that I think, when you think about just the Lord accomplishing His purposes and who He is and His character, it should give such this um, incredible boldness to us mm. to know that God is at work in the hearts of people and that He's drawing people to Himself from every tribe, tongue, language, and nation who will be the children of Abraham. So that really should just propel knowing that God has this purpose He's given to us and that He's at work really stirring the soul before we get there it should give us boldness to share how great this love of god is for us it ought to really motivate us there might be someone this week that god is preparing their heart right now for us to share about christ with mm-hmm. and that we've talked about this again on the podcast but you know david platt came to tbc a few weeks yeah. ago and we were most of us were there and man it was just that challenge of yeah this is specifically saying go and go to the unreached people group but you know the reason it's not saying to go to your neighborhood is because you're there in your neighborhood. Right. So, so do it. <laughs> yes. You know? um, so yes. yeah, I think that's a huge, huge, huge encouragement and a huge push to say, yeah, look at around you and see who's God's place in your life and in your path. 
mm-hmm. like you're called to go, but you're also called to live where you're at and 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 whatever word I'm thinking. <laughs> go stop the snake king. I think that's what uh Yeah. <laughs> go do your part crushing the head of the serpent. It's yeah. awesome. Y'all got anything else? Now, I think Chris should write a song about about that, about the Serpent King <laughs> and his head being crushed. That, He's got mm, one. He could adapt a little bit, yeah, I think, so already. Okay. <laughs> I could, I'll get my kids help on it. Oh, yeah. good. We'll have hand motions and everything. It, can, can it be the, to the tune of um, Eliza? What is that song? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Claudia is walking around all the time now singing, There's a hole in the bucket, dear Eliza, dear Eliza. We were going there. We had a, we had a pastor's retreat, elder's retreat, and we did a... Did we talk about that? We didn't talk about this, that uh, part. We I did a we talent show, some, but, yeah, a little bit, and Brooke and I sang a song, so it was it was very goofy. Very nice. You I may have sung the girl part, and she may have sung the guy part, and you don't. Uh, yeah. She may have had a beard. <laughs> you may have had long hair. You'll never know, dear listener. I'm glad we're you'll never on know. This lofty and uh, <laughs> aspirational tone here. Yeah. yeah, but it was great. It was great to have you, Chase. Yeah. Really appreciate you being here Sunday, and then staying. Uh, for a sweet tea, a bag of chips, and, and a podcast. It's super to be here with you guys. <laughs> Thank y'all. That's, that's our episode title. Sweet tea, a bag of chips, and a podcast. Oh, yeah. Do it. Hey, thanks for listening to the episode. Hope you enjoyed. Um, before we started recording this week, we were hanging out in my office uh, since it was right after Sunday service. Catherine, my wife, had went and got us some lunch. We are hanging out eating lunch and setting things up. And we broke my number one rule of podcasting, which is uh, don't talk before we start. But I say that because we, we often say things that we're like, oh, we wish we could include that. And it's not quite the same conversation if we try and bring it up again later. So I wanted to share some of that with you. But be warned, there's uh, lots of food munching and you could hear chips crunching and door slamming and people talking in the background. But uh, I thought it was a good clip. So I want to share it with you guys. Uh, here's some bonus content for you if you can get past all of the weird noises in the background. So hope you enjoy there i can't figure out uh have you guys been tracking the whole uh no, i'm blanking what's his name rapper uh, kanye, kanye yeah. Oh, yeah his chick-fil-a song have mm-hmm. you, it's like the chorus is goofy something. and the rest yep. of it is like heavy so good theology yeah. it's so good but we what talking, is happening with that we were talking about about that uh thursday trying to figure out what it is <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is. So my nephew, Catholic, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. He calls my sister like three weeks ago. He texted her and said, hey, Mom, I have some big news. And so she calls him. She goes, what's going on? He goes, oh, he, he is a swimmer, a freshman swimmer at Seton Hall. He goes, I'm going to see Kanye's church show. This is before... His Sunday service. Sunday service, yeah. yeah. Whoa. And so she goes, how? And he goes, oh, well, there's a contest at five and I'm going to win tickets. Wait a second. What are you talking about? He goes, You just call in and you can win. And she goes, Walker. Like 500,000 people. This is Kanye in New York City. 500,000 people are going to call in. There's no way you're going to win. He goes, I think I am. (laughs) He calls her back at 5.15. He goes, Hey, Mom, we're headed to a train to the city. One, two tickets. We're going. She's like, You're kidding. Wow. And he goes, no, we want them. We're on our way. <laughs> he bought them on Ticketmaster or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he wins these tickets and goes, and he was like, like, Mom, this is different. Hmm. Like, there was this guy that was legit preaching, and it was, like, it was fun. It was great music. But, like, this whole thing was about God. Hmm. He was pretty blown away by it. Hmm. Hmm. Catherine's 
my wife Catherine's brother-in-law is somehow connected to that guy's old church. He used to be a primitive Baptist teacher or something. Really? And uh, so they have, they're all pretty close connection. I don't know the exact connection, but he's the one who preaches at their service now. He started a Bible church in California that mm-hmm. Kanye started to go to in Calabasas or something. And mm-hmm. uh, and so he he knows him really well. He said, he's yeah, he's a real Bible teaching, real believer. And he said the Sunday mm-hmm. services, a lot of times Kanye only gets up like once maybe twice and he's up for like five or ten minutes mm-hmm. at the most like it's really not about kanye mm-hmm. at least from what they've seen mm-hmm. well i watched the, cool. that's awesome i watched a four minute video well, on tmz mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it had great source of them singing but it, kanye gets up and he goes i'm gonna read from philippians y'all mm-hmm. forgive me if i say something wrong in this because mm-hmm. i might pronounce it wrong i'm a new convert yeah and he explains you're saved by grace Lays out the gospel, goes to Mark 1. He goes, Jesus Christ, like J.C. himself, the first thing he says, somebody's at the door. He goes, the first thing he says when he starts preaching is repent and believe the gospel. you got to repent and believe. Mm. Sorry, you were saying? Mm. Just preaching the gospel right there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. On TMZ. Which? Yeah. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> Dude, and even he did the um, carpool karaoke in the plane. Did you see that? I yeah. saw that one. With and the... did you notice? Like he wasn't even singing. Mm-hmm. He was just serious. Like I know he's bipolar and everything, but still, like his demeanor is just night and day it's different. Man, just praying him through. Some you know, hoping someone's brave enough to shepherd him. But he, mm-hmm. I mean. That's what Steve said too. Is his old his old preacher who you know, where he came to Christ? It was like this husband and wife team that like knew him. With like she was like, uh, what uh, Kim's maid or something, and the guy was like worked oh, with his know. brand, mm-hmm. and they both went to this church, and he's and and oh, he said yeah about. he said like he was bringing it to a small group like. Kanye's ask Kanye West is asking all these questions about God. What should I do? And they're like, they said, Oh, well, we- invite him to church, ha ha ha. And they're like, so No, they did. he did, and he showed up. And it was like, but they said that the preacher was not like some flashy, you know, in, you know, inspirational guy. He just he just preached the Bible, and that's man, so exciting. Love it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, I listened to a podcast where they were interviewing that pastor said yeah he just came no fanfare and kept coming and he came to me asked for a meeting and i met with him and so cool talked him through the gospel and you know he asked me to come share at a bible study and that's kind of what came into become sunday service was just him trying to have bible studies and stuff it's really cool insane be praying for kim right i don't know where she sends it all so her dad her yeah, biological man. dad claimed to be a believer. Huh. I think he was Catholic. Her dad was a defense attorney in the OJ trial. Oh, wow. Really? I know not enough. Yep. I don't know enough about He's pop culture. Wow, yeah. I don't either. Well, I hadn't thought about it in a long time. And yesterday, Memphis was playing SMU. Mm-hmm. SMU got the football death penalty in 1980. Seven, I think, for recruiting violations, and so Memphis was posting a meme that says, "What's the difference in 
O.J. Simpson and SMU. One got the death penalty. The other's O.J. Simpson. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I started thinking then about um, Kardashian, Robert Kardashian, her dad. And so all those girls, you know, they'll say, yeah, I'm a Christian. They have said that, but then Mm. they do not live like people who know Jesus. Yeah. Uh, It'd be amazing but you know, like the when you look the the last, at least the last two, maybe the last three, the last three awakenings in American history. One came from New England, and two hmm. came from California. Hmm. Um, like you, <laughs> hmm. not places you would go. Yeah. This is where awakenings about to happen. Hmm. It's obviously, I mean, it would happen in Texas, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you can have an awakening so cool. if you're like half awake you know mm-hmm. if you're already like not all the way asleep but not all the way awake uh, you I can't see. really have like an awakening <laughs> right you gotta be all asleep to be awake right? that's right <laughs> that's awesome I'm gonna roll us in and then yeah we can just see where we go yeah you better yeah think good thoughts while you're <coughs> cheering <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how much I have alright I'm gonna put you into the red yeah, zone is it good when people snort in the mic yeah <laughs> it's fine you'll be fine so, the, so you want to be up, up like what are you? Yeah, yeah. That's I, mean, probably, I, mean, I don't want to trap you. I don't want to trap you. But yeah. great. if you need to push it away, you can push it away and bring it back to like they won't. They won't make a lot of noise if you do that. So feel free to. I'm not talking. Push it away, and then you're ready to talk. Bring it back. That's fine. Okay. Again, like I said, we're not super professional. <laughs> We've we just over talked it already. We just want to. Uh, <laughs> We just kind of wanted to keep a roll on doing what we're doing, you know? Like, we've, we're on 10, 11 weeks now. We yeah. thought oh. it, it'd be, be nice to keep it going and, and not take a break, even though there's a guest preacher. So, so. this is new. It yeah, is it's pretty, pretty new. new. Yeah. Nice. Fun. It's been good. We've been, we've been pretty happy with it. <laughs> I put all, there's food <laughs> all in my teeth and <laughs> everywhere. Do you want lights <clears> off <throat> or are you good? I think that we're fine. Does it sound better when the lights are off? I think it well, feels sound, more romantic. Uh, the, the sound, the light does make some noise. But uh, people but are clanking around loud. everywhere yeah. anyway. This is going to go great. That's <laughs> right. We can keep the light on. It's fine. If that like feels it. better. It's okay. It's going gonna, it's gonna to sound more romantic. All right. We'll leave it off. He's going to use this in the hello <laughs> post rolls. Well, thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For more recordings of our sermons, for podcasts, and to submit any questions or comments you might have, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org.